a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. It's exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am very excited for you to meet them. So, Bill Gates is not our guest today, (laughs) but (laughs) today's guest does have something in common with the sixth richest man in the world. I looked that up this morning. Uh, and it's not just their uh, Ivy League educations, even though Bill went to Harvard for a little bit and our guest went to Columbia. Very impressive. Uh, it's not their shared uh, entrepreneurial spirit, um, although Bill was quite known for starting a company that had something to do with computers, I think. And uh, our guest uh, is uh, his business is in the media and marketing world, uh, which is very cool, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit. Um, and uh, and it's also uh, what they have in common is not, uh, well, evidenced by the fact that our guest is still owning and operating that successful small business. I'm guessing that our guest is not actually hanging out with Bill on that list of the world's most richest people, at least not measured by money. Uh, so no, the very cool thing that our guest today has in common with Bill Gates is kind of an obscure reference to um, about 20 years ago when when Bill, uh, I call him Bill like I know him, when Bill stepped down as the chairman of Microsoft to become a product manager again. Um, now, it, it was probably over romanticized at the time, you know, it could have been, I mean, the cynic would say it was just some big whatever PR stunt. Um, he could definitely afford to to take the pay cut if you will. But the whole story I thought was very cool because what it, what, what he, what he was saying is that, you know, he missed, uh, the very thing that got him fired up about computers and his business in the first place. And so he, he wanted to go back. He wanted to go back to that place of passion. Uh, well, so now here's the connection just recently. When I reconnected with today's guest after, you know, a few years removed, uh, I heard the same story. See, our guest and I, uh, we met a few years back when we were both uh, on our church uh, parish council, okay, kind of the leadership group that helps the priest figure out how to, you know, kind of run the church. And, um, and, and, and our guest was, and still is, uh, the leader of leaders, okay, bringing all of his God-given gifts of, of organization and leadership and marketing and planning and finance. I mean, management, the whole thing. He, he was bringing all that guns blazing to our church at a time when we really needed it. Um, so when we recently reconnected, I asked if he was still serving in that capacity. And he said, uh, he said, no. <laughs> he, said, he said, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Because what I really wanted to do is, is get back into serving the parish more hands-on you know, less planning and more practicing. Now I'm putting those words in his mouth, uh, but that was basically the sentiment. And I just, I loved that. I loved it when I heard that because what he was talking about was getting back 
and serving in the way that was fuel, that fueled the passion in the first place, getting back to what he loved most about the church, which was loving in the church. Um, and he's a guy like many of you out there uh, that adhere to the, to whom much is given, much is expected, uh, which by the way is from the Bible, it's from Luke. Um, and he's recognizing that all of that much, you know, that he's been given, it's uh, out, out of all of it, it's his compassionate heart and his hunger to serve. Uh, that's what makes him uh, wealthiest of all. So when he's not serving the parish or running his business, he's a devoted father of three, a husband of one, uh, a supporter of many uh, community organizations, including Catholic Charities. Uh, and he also holds the distinction uh, of being the only manna guest, okay, who has also been named as an answer to our fun segment question number two. Okay? <laughs> so if, if people are just tuning in now and don't know what I'm talking about yet, I'll explain that in a second. But please welcome today's Man Up Man, Mr. Murray Wolf. Hey, Murray. Hey, Jeff. Thanks so much. Wow, that's quite an intro. Wow, you are quite a man. And so we're very happy to have you on the show. So for those that haven't been listening to Mana, uh, welcome. And what you're going to hear when we get to the end of the show is three questions we ask everybody. And the second question is, little spoiler alert, if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, who would you go with? So a couple, uh, actually it was last season. <laughs> so usually when people answer that question, you know, because it can be anybody, I mean, living, dead, famous, not, you know, so we've heard answers from like the Pope to the Apostle Paul. We've had a lot of, you know, dead relatives. I mean, a lot of really like emotional um, um, responses. <laughs> so last season, Jim Martin, bless his heart, when I asked him that question, he says, Murray Wolf, so, <laughs> which was great. So there you were immortalized in season 10, Murray, uh, of, of the man that Jim wanted to go to go to church with. How about that? Uh, yes, that was kind of amazing. He'd been uh, after me to listen to the podcast. Uh, he got a advance copy, I guess, uh, before it was widely distributed. And uh, he said, yeah, you got to listen to this podcast. You got to listen to this podcast. And, you know, like everybody, I'm like, okay, Jim, you know, I'm, I'm really busy. I'll try to, I'll try to. So finally, I think it took weeks, possibly even months, uh, I have to admit, before I listened to the podcast. And so I was out for a walk. I had the earbuds in. I'm listening to the podcast. And lo and behold, uh, yeah, I hear my name and I'm like, what? You know, I just I stopped right on the path. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, Jim and I are very good friends. And uh, it was kind of him to say that and very humbling. But, you know, I think as he alluded to, we're two guys who are really kind of on the same wavelength. And um, we're not shy about discussing what went on at mass or anything else that's going on in the church. And, um, I think he, uh, I think he used the word that I challenged him, uh, mm -hmm. sometimes and he challenges me. And as they say, iron sharpens iron, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, he's a good friend and, you know, I don't think I was worthy of that response, but I'll take it. Well, and it was great and, and very actionable. Like I told Jim, after we, we stopped the, that episode, I said, you know, Jim, what's great. You could, you could, you could, um, you go to church this week with Murray. Like you go ahead, like you just give him a call. <laughs> You're probably going to see him. So you can act on it right away. But, and so I yeah. want to talk about 
uh, and we'll get to now this uh, kind of where you are today, obviously, and, and being the kind of guy that other guys are like, hey, if I could go to church with any other guy, I'm going with Murray. But let's let's dial it let's dial it back. Let's go let's go all the way back, kind of the beginning. Um, tell us about about the young Murray growing up. I mean, did you grow up in a in a in a in a really kind of faith filled churchy kind of family? What was it like uh, as a, as a kid? Well, you know, yes and no. Um, my parents, uh, my mother was actually a convert to Catholicism. And so it's become almost kind of a cliche to say, oh, you know, in the 60s and 70s, you know, we just weren't well catechized. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that wasn't happening then like it should have been. Well, as someone who was the child of a convert, um, my mom was better trained than probably most, you know, cradle Catholics. Yeah. And so I felt like I got uh, a really, uh, you know, a better education in the faith than a lot of people did. But it was still a far cry from, you know, really where we'd like it to be um, as we're raising our own kids. And, you know, and no fault of my parents. I mean, that's just the way the culture was back then. Um, you know, you went to Sunday mass and you maybe were involved in a couple of other things and and that was about it. So, um, but yeah, so I, I had a little, I had a little edge with my mom, but, um, uh, you know, still was not anywhere as engaged as I am today. Yeah. Do you remember as a kid? Cause I think when parents take their faith so seriously that it's such a powerful, um, I think statement gesture whatever do you remember as a kid um or what did that happen were you too young to really know <laughs> what was kind of going on or or or, or, or what did that make an impression on you that she was taking her faith that seriously that she kind of went through that process you know i mean that would have been before i was born oh uh, okay <laughs> you know, so 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 uh but you know it, it it still showed uh as i was growing up and as i was a young kid yeah. um you know i think she was trying to live her Catholic faith as a convert, and I think she was trying to pass it along to me. Yeah, who were um, so maybe maybe not um, at the in the at the time maybe didn't feel like you know you were constantly um, you know being sort of shaped. Looking back, who were some of the um, people, especially guys now mm-hmm. that you can think of, who were kind of shaping you influencing you in and maybe not explicitly in the church tradition but just like kind of morally character like who are some Mm -hmm. men that you feel you know you could kind of point to to say that they really played that kind of a role for you yeah well you know my dad of course and uh my 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 grandfathers as well and uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to say a little bit more about one of my grandfathers later. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and there were a few teachers that uh, really had an impression on me. Both of my parents were teachers. Um, and my dad, uh, in addition to teaching seventh and eighth grade in, in a small school, he, uh, he was the principal. And so uh, I kind of grew up in schools and I grew up doing a lot of reading and uh, kind of uh, spent a lot of time with, with adults, uh, you know, and other teachers and people like that. So, um, you know, I really, uh, I, I had one teacher, he'd probably be shocked to hear this, but, uh, uh, in, uh, I think it was in sixth grade, uh, Mr. Tebow, 
T-E-B-O-W, and uh, he taught science. And he just had such a love and a passion for science um, that it just really got me very interested. Now, I'm terrible at science. Uh, <laughs> you know, two of, two of our kids are actually uh, scientists. Uh, where that came from, it certainly must come from my wife's side of the family because it's not me. Because, you know, as you said, I, I'm a marketing guy. So uh, I'm about words, not uh, numbers yeah. or experiments. But, you know, he was he was a very good man. He taught in my, um, you know, parochial grade school. Uh, he drove the bus um, and he just was a great role model, I, I felt. Yeah, that's cool. So so as we so we're going to fast forward, but then also look back a little bit. So like today, you know, not only Jim Martin, but I think anybody who meets you is meeting a very um, it's, you're like the archetype man, a man, you know, you, you're, you're, you're confident in your faith. You're not pushy about it, but you're very, you live a very convicted life, uh, with, with Jesus. When did that happen for you? Like, was it a, and, and was it a, was it a moment, you know, or all of a sudden you're like, it, I mean, obviously the seeds were planted at a young age with your mom, all these great role models. Um, but did it, when it, uh, I'll try to stick with the agricultural kind of metaphor here, like did it flower <laughs> sort of like uh, more organically or was there like a moment where you're like, it really snapped into place for you? Well, you know, the whole, the whole story uh, with my mom is actually kind of a sad story because uh, my parents ended up getting divorced when I was 14. Mm. And um, she went back to being a Methodist and uh, mm -hmm. she's a Methodist to this day. Uh, God bless her. And, um, you know, that, of course, you know, when you're 14 years old and your parents uh, get a divorce, it just kind of blows up your world. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say that I never lost my faith. I, I can say that with conviction. I always had it. I always was a believer. But starting at about that age through high school and college and young adult years, I was definitely uh, had put it all on hold and had put it all in the back burner and, uh, you know, stopped praying, stopped going to church, all those kinds of things for many years. And uh, as my uh, future wife and I <laughs> began dating and spending a lot of time together, um, you know, and we're headed for marriage. Um, as is often the case with people, um, you start thinking about those things again. Yeah. And that was kind of the first step that gets you, you re-engaged and, you know, but even in the early days of our marriage, I wouldn't say I was that, uh, that engaged in the faith. And then you start having kids and you start thinking of things, uh, think about things like, uh, baptism and being responsible for those little souls. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden it becomes very real, <laughs> very yeah. fast when you're holding that child in your arms and, and, uh, and you kind of say, you know, I, I've strayed here, but it's time for me to, to get my act together. Yeah. Um, if not even for myself, but for my wife and my kids. Yeah. And so, um, so in our, you know, I guess uh, late twenties, early thirties, we really started to reconnect with the faith. And at that time we were living down in Des Moines. I was working for a company down there. And, um, then we moved back to the twin cities in 97 and, uh, which is where we had our, our third and final child, uh, our, our one girl. And, um, 
that's when we started getting engaged in, in the local churches here. And uh, we were kind of guided by where the kids were going to grade school. And so ultimately our, our kids all landed at Immaculate Heart of Mary in Minnetonka. Mm-hmm. And um, then uh, they went off to Benilde, but uh, we had had some exposure to Holy Name of Jesus in Medina um, with their 530 Life Teen Mass. Mm-hmm. And um, taking the kids to that Mass uh, and having teenage boys come out saying, wow, that was pretty cool. I'd come here again, <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> uh, which, you know, if teenage boys talk at all, that's, that's <laughs> right. you know, that's a triumph. Uh, but when they say something like that about mass of all things, you're kind of like, oh yeah, we got, we, we got to, you know, we got to start coming here. And little by little, we started kind of moving our life over to holy name and, um, uh, you know, Sophia, our youngest, she went through confirmation there and we just jumped into the parish about, that's probably been about 10, 10, 11 years ago now. And, you know, we're just kind of, uh, you know, we do what we can to support the parish at this yeah. point. So, well, it's, so a it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Yeah. Well, and I love, I love, um, I love how you talk about it being, you know, sort of coming together when you're looking at marriage and then as a family, you know, I think, and so you and I share a similar uh, sort of avocation being kind of in the marketing kind of whatever world. And, and so, you know, we're wired for scale, you know, we're wired for, okay, let's like, you know, the, the more, the better. Okay. The broader Mm -hmm. the message, the more, you know, like, how do we, how do you maximize reach? How do you maximize impact? And I think, you know, with faith, and if we're blessed to be called to be husbands and fathers, you know, really our, our reach um, doesn't have to go any further than our family. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's our primary, that's the church, the home church. And, and just to be able to, 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 to have that blessing like you had, you know, to recognize that and to have that be the, 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 the second beginning or whatever, you know, the, mm-hmm. of, of it coming together, I just think is so, it's so neat and so powerful and, and it's not minimized at all. You know, mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's, can be such a great example for others to see. Well, and it, it, it might seem a little corny because uh, it, it's been so widely talked about and discussed and, uh, and everything. But one of the things that really kind of took my faith to the next level was, um, as we talked about before we went, went uh, onto the recording, uh, I used to have an office in Excelsior. And um, every day I'd drive back and forth on Minnetonka Boulevard, which, you know, would take me past uh, Holy Name, or uh, excuse me, Immaculate Heart of Mary, where the kids had gone to grade school. And we'd already switched to um, Holy Name, attending to Holy at Holy Name. And, uh, but every once in a while, I'd stop into Immaculate Heart for daily mass. And I happened to go in there and uh, it was shortly after Christmas. And uh, we hadn't attended Christmas services there because, um, you know, we were elsewhere at the time. But uh, apparently for Christmas, they had given all the parishioners a copy of Matthew Kelly's Rediscover Catholicism. Mm. And there were still a few copies laying around. I'd never heard of Matthew Kelly. And, you know, this is probably, I don't know, 2011, 2012, somewhere in that neighborhood. 
but I grabbed a copy and it was um, extremely powerful yeah. in, in helping my uh, faith get to the next level. And he came to town and I went to see him and it was just like, you know, I, I was a, a Matthew Kelly fanboy for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but he truly brought this message of, you know, it's not that complicated. You know, we have some basic gifts in the Catholic Church. We have the Eucharist. We have confession. Um, you know, we have prayer. We have great uh, spiritual books and so many other things. And if we just use them, um, which is really all his message is, is like use them, um, it'll just elevate your faith. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. exponentially yeah. and so that was a that was a, a real springboard for me to kind of a deeper faith yeah yeah no amen amen you know when you and you and you mentioned your your business and, and one thing I, I just I, I love the um, the entrepreneurial spirit and the courage it takes to do that and the other thing that um, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, sort of curious about is how does that um, so, um, how does your faith show up in the way you like run your company, you know, now, and you're in your company without to divulge too much of, of what you do, like you're not in an, 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 an overtly explicitly faith sort of like field, you know, it's, you know, it's marketing and, uh, a lot of media and, and, and it's actually related to like real estate and stuff. So it's not like a, it's not like you're, you know, <clears throat> printing, uh, church bulletins, you know what I mean? But you're, you're obviously, you know, you've faith is, is, is an essential part of you. Uh, I would imagine it affects the way you lead, but you also, as the boss, you know, you've got a lot of license, you know, to, mm -hmm. you know, run your company kind of however you want. So do you find that, 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 that latitude, does it open up the door for you to be more explicit and expressive about faith or do you feel like there's as a leader a responsibility to kind of you know let everybody everybody's got their you know everybody's got their paths you know what i mean and and so how does that how does the faith how does your own personal faith show up in your in your professional kind of work yeah well you know definitely as a entrepreneur business owner you have the luxury of being a little bit more forward about your faith than somebody that might work for a big corporation and is really limited by, you know, various corporate policies that prevent you from saying something or doing something and, and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And um, so I, I've had that, that privilege and, um, you know, uh, faith comes up over the years. I'm not uh, afraid to bring it up. And actually I look for those openings, right? It's like, yeah. oh, what'd you do last weekend? Oh, you know, well, we, you know, we did this and we did that. And, you know, we went to mass and, yeah. you know, then afterward we did this and, and, you know, and so I'll bring that up and um, people will often respond to that. Um, you know, just kind of those little signals, you know, if somebody says, oh, you know, something happened and I was blessed. Yeah. It's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, if somebody, if somebody says they were blessed, uh, that is a good clue that they're a person of faith. And then you can kind of maybe pursue that a little, a little more, a little more gently. 
Um, you know, so, but the people I've worked with, I mean, they've been the full range of, of people that were, uh, you know, very similar background to me, Catholic, um, since day one and all that sort of thing to others, you know, of other denominations and, and others that, uh, probably, uh, don't have a lot of, uh, a lot of belief mm-hmm. going on. But, um, I think if you just treat people kindly and decently and treat them like you'd like to be treated and um, look for those look for those openings to have those conversations because people like to talk about it Mm -hmm. and if or a lot of them do and if they find that this is a safe place for them to talk about it it's like oh this guy's not afraid to tell me he went to mass or he did this or whatever um heck I, i maybe i'll tell him about what i did so yeah. Um, so that, you know, it's definitely a, an honor and a privilege to to run your own company and have that kind of latitude to have those kinds of discussions when so many people are restricted from doing it. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love those those little dog whistles that are out there. And you just if you hear them, you're like, hey, whoop, and then follow up on it, because I think you're right. It, and it is um, it's too bad that 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 a lot of times people um, feel either uncomfortable or, 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 but, but, but when you are able to break through, it's just, it's so, it's just so cool. Um, mm-hmm. it's great to be able to make that connection with folks. So, um, all right, wait, well, hey, we are, uh, we are already at the aforementioned fun segment of the show here. Uh, we're going to ask the same three questions. Murray's had plenty of time to prep. Uh, it's been a good couple of weeks since we reconnected and I told you that you had to be on this show. So you've had plenty of time to come up with your answers. And I've already told Murray that he can't say, so Jim, if you're listening, he's not going to say you. Okay. For question number two, I told him that was the only rule I had is he can't say Jim. Okay. Cause that's just, I told you, I told Jim he was number two. <laughs> exactly. All right. Fun segment question. Number one, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning, and just wanted to hang out for the day. What are you going to do with Jesus? And I've thought about this, but uh, I think my answer is nothing special. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are called to become one with Christ and to treat him as our best friend, our best and truest friend. No offense, Jim. And, um, you know, what do you do with your friend? Um, you, you spend time with them, you talk about your day, you talk about what's on your heart, you talk about your concerns, your victories, your defeats, all those kinds of things. And so I would just, you know, walk through my day with Jesus as, as hopefully I do every day anyway, um, even if I can't see him necessarily. And I think that, um, you know, I, I go to adoration and when I first started going to adoration, I had a tough time saying, well, what do I, what do, I do here exactly? You know, what, a, what am I supposed to be, be doing or, or praying about? And then it just hit me one day. It's like, okay, well, Jesus is my best and greatest friend. So um, I'm just going to tell him about my day or tell him yeah. about my week. And so, um, so yeah, just nothing special, just living life and, and walking with the Lord. That's great. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, all right. Fun segment. Question number two. If, uh, if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, uh, famous or not, who are you taking to church? 
Well, I feel just to torment Jim, I should probably say one of our other friends, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that could be right. <laughs> Frisbee. Um, but yeah, or, you know, or Joe Floater or yeah, Chuck exactly. or one of those guys. Um, you know, and I know it's, it's, it's not a terribly original response, but I'm going to say my, my granddad, Paul Wolf. Hmm. And the reason is he was a man of great faith, which I didn't really know until he'd been dead for about 40 years. Okay. So, so just kind of the, the quick backstory on this is, you know, he passed away when I was a young kid and, and I remember going to the funeral and everything and, um, you know, but I, I never knew him while I was an adult. And, um, then little by little, I would find these things out. And my dad eventually handed down to him were, uh, my granddad's rosary and also his little St. Joseph missile. And he gave those things to me. And, um, those things, you know, meant a lot to me at the time, just kind of almost, you know, just, you know, little reminders of my granddad. But then the thing that really got me was a few, I don't know, it's probably been about 10 years ago now. Um, long story short, he had made a cassette tape. Granddad Wolf had made a cassette tape and he basically dictated his life story onto the cassette tape. And he was a, a North Dakota farmer and it was a, a, about all of his adventures and being married to my grandma and their kids and they had lost a child and, you know, sad stories and, you know, going through things like the depression and all that sort of stuff. And then he ended the tape and I had never heard this tape before. And I'm listening to it for the first time when I'm like, you know, early fifties. Right. And I'm listening to this and he ends the tape along these lines. He says, you know, and it was addressed to the grandchildren. And he said, I hope that you will pray for your grandma and me because we'll be praying for you up in heaven. Wow. And it just knocked me out. And, and honestly, Jeff, from that day, I have prayed for my grandparents, Wolf and the other side of the family every single day and, and other uh, relatives who've passed um, because he, he asked me to. And I thought that is just an amazing show of faith. And, um, you know, as I talked to my dad more about it, I learned more about how he had been a great faith leader in, in, in their community. And, um, you know, so every day, um, I shout out to granddad. (laughs) What a great story. Yes. That is the, Oh, I love that. And the fact that, I mean, you were, you to to come to that later in your life i mean what a what a neat um oh man i got chills just when you were explaining that cassette tape just to be able to hear his voice so do you still have the tape like did you oh, oh yeah no i well i'm a marketing geek right so i digitized it of good, course good good yeah preserve <laughs> that <laughs> it made copies for people and that kind of thing um but yeah i mean it i can't even really explain how yeah. just you know, devastating, but devastating in a good way. That was for me Yeah, what a gift. Uh, to hear wow. that. Wow. And, and, wow. and my, and my dad too, I never knew about my dad. We were talking a while back and he's, uh, 
he was saying he had gone to to a boarding high school because it was, uh, you know, a high school that they sent the kids to if the young men were possibly considering the priesthood. Um, and he discerned out, which is why I'm still here but, <laughs> or why I'm here. But um, he said, yeah, you know, we used to go to we used to go to daily mass. And I was like, I didn't know you went to daily mass. <laughs> and so, I mean, you learn these things, yeah, you know. Yeah much later sometimes but they still have quite an impact sure. all those those church roots run deep there yeah, that, that, yeah. that's that's awesome that's great all right well hey a fun segment question number three now uh if you could give just one piece of advice to a younger man further upstream about uh about living a living your life living a confident humble holy life um where when you just scratch that surface a little bit you uncover this great man of faith what would be that one piece of advice you know i would say and i i've been pondering this and there's a there's so many things you could say but i i would say um really work hard not to be distracted and to get sucked away by the things that really don't matter because it's it's your faith and your family and your friends that are more important than anything. But I think especially as a young man, as you're trying to build a career or build a business, it's easy to get uh, overly focused on that. Um, and then when you have kids, it's so easy to get pulled into these kid activities. <laughs> and you find out you've got, you know, one or two you know, baseball games or basketball games or football games or softball games or practices, you know, every day, you know, when you have three kids, <clears throat> excuse me, multi, you know, many times you'll have multiple events going on the same day and it just sucks away your time and, and it's good stuff, you know, and, and I was a scout leader too, in addition to being a, a coach for the kids in their sports. Um, and that's good too, but, um, it can be too much and it can take you away from um, making sure everybody is has a, has a healthy prayer life and is getting to mass and, you know, is really understanding the sacraments as, as they go through those, as they grow up. And um, so, you know, don't let don't let work and and even good things, you know, like sports and, and scouts and, you know, music and other kids activities. Um, distract you from what really you should be focusing on. I think those are good. Uh, that is, that is the one message that we can take with us for sure. Focus. It's all about focus. So, all right. Well, Murray Wolf, thank you so much, uh, for your example, for, uh, for reconnecting, for sharing so much and, uh, giving us all uh, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of insight to the great man that you are and uh in the life that you're living and showing the rest of us how to do it so thanks well again. jeff jeff i know you're sincere but I, i'm still uh blushing on on my side over here thank you for listening to mana if you have any questions or recommendations for future guests send them to manapodcast at gmail.com